Hey guys, uh, occasionally I get approached by podcasting companies to see if I would be interested in doing a promotion for a new podcast that they have. And the folks over at Wondery have a new podcast called The Next Big Idea, and I thought it sounded really cool, so I said, yeah, I'd be down for uh, doing a little mini episode where I play a clip of it and tell people uh, the gist of what the podcast is about. Uh, the podcast is hosted by a guy named Rufus Grissom, and or is it Griscom? I'm not sure. Should we just go down a rabbit hole of how his name might be pronounced? But he, Rufus has guests like uh, Malcolm Gladwell, who, who is the author of the huge book uh, called Outliers. Um, he has guests like Adam Grant, Dan Pink, Susan Cain, people who are considered legendary thought leaders. And they are kind of the idea curators, uh, whether it's business, science, health, culture. They help bring fresh ideas to this podcast because... In this age of the internet, everybody has an opinion on what is the right way to do something, what's the right way to think, what's the right way to act, who has the edge, you know, what's the right and latest hack. Well, this podcast is about that. And uh, I'm going to play you a clip from The Next Big Idea. And it brings into question whether or not the 10,000-hour rule makes a champion. As you guys know, Malcolm Gladwell uh, who wrote the book Outliers, he popularized the idea of the 10,000-hour rule. And since then, some people have challenged it. Uh, David Epstein, uh, for one, in his book Range. So why don't you listen to this clip and uh, see if you dig it. And if you do, subscribe to The Next Big Idea on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. And you can also find a link in the episode notes. So enjoy. A boy is born in a mid-sized town in Northern California. When he's seven months old, his father buys the boy a small putter that he drags around in his little circular baby walker as he learns to walk. At 10 months old, he picks up a club and tries to mimic a swing. He's not old enough to understand concepts, so his dad draws pictures to show him how to place his hands on the grip. At age two and a half, the boy appears on a popular television talk show. Producers set up a putting green, and then the toddler comes out with a miniature golf bag draped over his shoulder. Two clubs almost as tall as he is are packed inside. Two other guests on the show, Bob Hope and Jimmy Stewart, look on as the boy tees up and then sends a golf ball careening across the stage. How about a putting contest with Mr. Hope? Can he putt too? Oh, yes. Okay, we'll let him putt first. At age four, his dad regularly leaves the boy at a local golf course in the morning to practice and picks him up at the end of the day. By 14, he's put in thousands of hours learning how to drive, putt, and slice. By 15, he will win the Junior Amateur Golf Championship. And by 21, he will become the youngest player ever to win the Masters. For years, Tiger Woods will be the most dominant golfer in the world. But no one is surprised that such a great player started playing so early. Or that he was laser-focused on his sport and had far more than 10,000 hours of practice under his belt. It makes sense. That's how champions are made. Or are they? 5,000 miles away, in a mid-sized town in Switzerland, lives another boy. He enjoys playing lots of different sports, basketball, handball, soccer, tennis. He also skis, wrestles, and skateboards. He dabbles. 
When he's in his teens, he decides to spend more time on tennis, although he still plays soccer and a few other sports. His parents don't push him towards any particular sport. Twelve years later, at age 21, he wins his first Grand Slam tennis tournament and then goes on to win 19 more. It's so nice, you know, to share this moment. And thanks to everybody. It's great! Congratulations, Roger Federer! Two of the best athletes of their generation, two very different paths to greatness. Tiger had an early start, tens of thousands of hours of practice, dedicated training, and singular focus. Everything a world-class athlete is supposed to have. But Roger had something that Tiger didn't. Something that our next big idea curator, Malcolm Gladwell, is going to speak about with David Epstein. Epstein has written a fascinating new book on exactly what makes Roger Federer's journey different from Tiger's. Roger had range. From Wondery, I'm Rufus Griscom, and this is The Next Big Idea. I founded The Next Big Idea Club, along with authors Malcolm Gladwell, Susan Cain, Daniel Pink, and Adam Grant, to connect people to some of the boldest new thinking, shaping our culture and our future. Each week on the podcast, we bring you one idea with the power to change the way you see the world. This week, we're taking a new look at the science of success and whether success is assured more from focusing deeply on one thing or from having a range of experiences. The story you heard at the top of the show is from a book called Range, Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. The author is David Epstein. He's a senior writer at Sports Illustrated, and his previous book, The Sports Gene, was a New York Times bestseller. Since it was published in May, Range has become a pop psychology phenomenon, the book every CEO is talking about. I can't stop talking about it for two reasons. First, it says the future belongs to generalists, not specialists. If you didn't start swinging a golf club at seven months, this is good news. It's a message of hope for those of us who are improvisers, samplers, dilettantes, hacks. Apparently, we've been onto something all along. And second, it almost completely rejects the premise of one of the most beloved pop psychology books of the last two decades, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. For those who haven't read it, Outliers was the book that famously spread the idea that you need to put in 10,000 hours of practice to become great at a specific discipline. The idea has become so widespread that Gladwell even gets name-checked in rap songs, like this one by Macklemore called 10,000 Hours. With all the heat surrounding this debate, we thought, wouldn't it be great to get these guys in the same room and just have them talk it out? So here they are, live from the 92nd Street Y, David Epstein, the author of Range, and the author of Outliers, and our own next big idea curator, Malcolm Gladwell. So we have these two, two of the greatest athletes of the last yeah. 50 years represent diametrically opposed models of development. One well-known, one unknown yes. development story. We're in love with the Tiger model. Yeah. If I polled the audience, yeah. most of them would say the Tiger implicitly is, is the model that leads to greatness. Mm -hmm. You're arguing, no, it's the Roger model. Why? It doesn't, I, one thing I've never understood is why did we fall in love with the Tiger model and not like the Roger model? Um, um, 
Wait, I thought you made us fall in love with the Tiger model. Don't blame me. You're, I, I'm just, I did not write a book about sports. I'm just kidding. That Everyone says I wrote a book I know, I know. No, that's true. That, that, is, that is very true, that um, ideas that you started became outrageous in other hands in many cases. Um, but, but in terms of Tiger, as I think to steal, it's dramatic. It's incredibly dramatic. There's video of him on YouTube at age two. It, it makes a ton of intuitive sense. It's very easy for a prescription to tell people. Um, and I think, as you said, we're obsessed with precocity, right? You said these child prodigy videos are human cat videos. Um, and, and I think that's true, and I'm mad I didn't think of that line for my book. <laughs> but is that, an, is that enough, though? Because it's also clear that Tiger pays an extraordinary price for his precocity. That was just a preview of The Next Big Idea. To listen to the rest, subscribe to The Next Big Idea on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now.